Welcome to the Your Lender Buddy podcast. This podcast is designed to empower real estate professionals with industry knowledge that they need to succeed. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Jordan Keck for today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jordan, your lender buddy. Imagine knowing that you are selling the cure for cancer. Seems like a great gig, right? Eh, Not so fast. If you saw someone posting an ad on Facebook today saying they have the cure for cancer for only five low payments of $29.99, would you believe it? There are hundreds, if not thousands of people claiming to do just that with various products or techniques. So why is yours any different? Unfortunately, no matter how much you believe in your product and how much it can help people, you won't help a single person unless you can get somebody to buy it. That process is called sales. It's an honorable profession that you're part of. And unfortunately, many people let the stigma of sales prevent them from learning how to do sales well. Sales gets a bad rap. When you think of a salesperson, what comes to mind? For many, it's a used car salesman or an Amway rep. While those professions do a lot of good, you've likely had a bad experience or heard of one. That experience can paint everybody else in that profession in a negative light. But sales techniques, when used poorly, can be used for manipulation and harm your clients. But when used correctly, they can empower you to serve your clients with more value. It would be incredibly easy if your potential clients could simply know how much you care and could see the value you bring to the table without ever having to be sold. I mean, isn't your genuine character enough? It's a bit more complicated than that. As much as that means you have to level up your skills, it also means it's harder for those with bad intent to mislead clients, which is good for everyone. I like to think about it like the Will Smith movie Hitch. In it, he's a professional dating expert who helps guys get the girl. And in one conversation, he explains it this way. Does it ever occur to a woman that maybe a guy might like to have a plan, you know, because he's nervous? He's not sure if he could just walk up to you and you'd respond if he said, I like you. Similarly, you need to have a plan when you talk with your potential clients in order to help them get what they want, and you will know that you can provide your value. So how do you do that? Well, today, I want to add three tools to your sales tool belt. These have worked wonders in my own business over the past decade with hundreds of clients. When you put into practice and refine it to your style, they will allow you to shine for your clients as well. You'll turn more leads into appreciative clients. Those three tools are paraphrasing, stories, and the alternative choice and assumptive close. Simple as these three may be, the secret sauce is in the implementation. Starting off with paraphrasing, the reason I put this first is because honestly, it's one of the most important, if not the most. One of the fastest ways to gain trust is to get people to feel that you understand them. And the best way I found to do that is to have great questions that prompt clients to open up about their concerns and their desires, and then genuinely listen. When they finished, I paraphrase exactly what they said to me back and ask if I understood them correctly. Now, I don't parrot these words, but I maintain the important aspects. For example, I recently had a client who was telling me that they wanted to buy a home. And I usually ask the questions about why somebody is looking at buying. I'll ask them what their rent is like, how big their current place is, if they've been looking for a while, all of this with the idea of prompting them to tell me about the reasons that they're wanting to move. For this particular client, they live in an apartment that doesn't have insulation in the walls, they're paying $1,700 a month, and it's right next to I-5. 
So they're telling me about the times where it's been super hot or super cold. They're paying massive amounts for an electric bill, and they hear incredible amounts of road noise. After listening to all this, I repeat back what I hear them saying. So something that could go something like this. Oh, wow. So you're freezing to death in the winter. You are burning to death in the summer. And every single night you hear every single truck that goes by on I-5. Wow, that sounds terrible. And see what I'm doing there, I'm not telling them anything new. I'm making sure that they know I'm hearing what they're saying. And when people feel understood, it builds trust so fast. So this is where that power comes in. And you can do that through an entire conversation. When you do it well, it doesn't sound... And you're going to think to yourself the first few times you do this, you think that you're parroting it back. Like, my gosh, I'm just telling them what they exactly told me. It's incredibly powerful how much this works. You can do that for an entire conversation, and they'll think you're an incredible conversationalist. So with that, you'd not believe again how quickly this can work. So try it out, implement this, and remember, you can power, you can supercharge this by having questions ready to go and by making sure that you're very active in your listening skills and then paraphrasing that back to people. So next one, using stories. The key with stories is not to take them, is not to use them for the sake of filling time, but to tell a story rather than to state a fact, a feature, or a benefit directly. You can tell me you're the best in the world at negotiating on a home, and I won't believe you. But if you tell me about a time you had a client was able to get a fantastic deal because you guided them through the negotiation process, game over. You see, nobody can argue with a story, and it's more relatable so you seem human as you're talking through it. The best way to utilize stories in your conversations is to think through the key areas of potential objections or areas of value that you want to highlight. Both of these can be sensitive if addressed directly, so stories will work wonders here. Now, lastly, the alternate alternate choice and assumptive close. Technically, this is two-in-one, so you're getting an extra bang for your buck today. There was a famous study done from experimenters at Stanford and Columbia University, we'll call the JAM experiments. In it, the experimenters put up a table in the supermarket with a display of 24 types of jam, and then the next day, a table with only six kinds of jam. The result? They found the large display did create more interest. But people who went to the table with only six were 10 times more likely to buy than at the table of 24. Giving people too many options is overwhelming, and the default option is not to buy. The easier you can make it for people to use your services, the higher your conversion will be. The two fantastic ways to do this are the alternate choice and the assumptive close techniques. Here's how they work. For the alternate choice close, you may, all be, you may already be doing this, especially if you have kids. Rather than asking a cranky, exhausted six-year-old if they want to go to bed now, of course the answer is going to be no, you ask if they want to go to bed on their own or be carried. Both options lead to the outcome that you want, but the six-year-old now has a choice or some control in the matter. And applying this to real estate, this works great with any scheduling of a meeting or conversation. If you ask an online lead if and when they want to chat with you by phone, you're likely only going to hear crickets. By doing that, you're giving them an obligation 
you're not even giving them 20 choices. You're giving them an essentially infinite number of choices. I mean, you're making a look, you're making them look at their calendar, decide a time that works for them, and second guessing it's even worth talking to you. Now, the correct question is along these lines. I'd love to chat and see how I can help. I find a call is the fastest and easiest way to do that. Is Tuesday at 10 a.m. or Wednesday at 3 p.m. better for a call? Now, it's simply a choice between two options. It's much simpler and gets an incredibly higher response rate. Rather than deciding if they want to talk to you, now they're only deciding between Tuesday or Wednesday. If those times don't work, they will propose another time, but you're making it easy on them at the start. Now, for the assumptive close, I use this every single day with new clients. The idea is that rather than asking the client if they want to move forward, sign the contract, put in an offer, whatever, you assume that they do and describe the next steps. After I have a conversation with clients, I never ask them if they want to get pre-approved. I assume that they do. After I feel confident we have a good rapport and they see value, here's what I say. From here, the next steps are getting pre-approved. And to do that, I can send you an email with the details. It'll have a list of the documents that I'll need, a link to the online application, and it'll have a video giving some more expectations for the process moving forward. You, here's what you can expect of me. Here's what I expect of you. Now, what's the best email address so I can send this to you? I'll send it right now while I'm thinking about it, because if I wait until I get off the phone, chances are it's never going to happen. Now, using this wording, no one ever tells me no or refuses to give me their email address. Even if they don't want to get pre-approved right now, I just let them know that I can send it anyway so they have it down the road when they're ready. Every single time, without fail, I get their email, I'm able to send that while we're on the phone, confirm that they got it, and can schedule a follow-up in the future. For you, rather than asking if a client wants to look at homes, you could say something like this. The next step in the home buying process is to set up a search for homes that meet your criteria. That way, you'll automatically be alerted whenever a home comes on the market meeting that criteria. What's the best email address for that alert? There are endless ways you can use these tools to increase your conversion and help more people. Let me know. I'd love to hear what's working for you, how you're implementing these in your business. Because if you're listening to this, I already know you want to do things the right way. You want to help more people. And as always, I know that this is going to be able to help you do that. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Have a wonderful day and let's elevate real estate together. This podcast has been brought to you by Jordan Keck, NMLS number 1017341, Branch Manager at Advantage Mortgage Incorporated, 5955 Shoreview Lane, North Suite 200, Kaiser, Oregon 97303, Company NMLS 1770599, Equal Housing Lender. Jordan Keck is licensed in Oregon, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and Washington. Until next time, thanks again for listening.